Hey, welcome guys. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue. We're going to be talking about type threes and the never-ending desire to be successful and to avoid failure. Our study is coming from this book, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up by Beatrice Chestnut. If you haven't got it yet, it's a fantastic book. And uh, I just want to take a second and remind you in the description below is a link to my website, tomlehue.com, where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments if you need help figuring out your type or what health and balance would look like, or you just feel stuck in life, um, reach out to me. I'd love to, you make an appointment, uh, relationship coaching as well. And also there are uh, classes, various classes I offer, and certificate programs I offer on Enneagram coaching. And if you'd love to be a part of one of those groups, we'd love to have you. And there's also an events page on my webpage if you want me to come out and do some training for your team. Uh, your nonprofit, your organization, your church staff, whatever I can do, marriage seminars, all kinds of stuff that I, I love to go out and travel. And of course, I'm a seven. I love to travel and meet new people. And and I love the Enneagram. So um, bringing those things together. Let's talk today about, uh, and thanks to my patrons, talk about success. And I just want to take a second and just hit a paragraph or two here in the book and then kind of unpack it, talk about it, tell you what I think about it. Um, so when I think about success, I think about setting a goal um, and then achieving that goal. The question always is, is, do I have the right goal? Before I do things right, am I doing the right things? I want to make sure that I'm focused on living a balanced life and being there for my family and my community and having recreation and hobbies. And, and I want to not just focus on setting goals and accomplishing goals at work or in school, but I also want to have a broader perspective in my life. So let's take a second and unpack what she's saying and see if it makes sense to us. Um, notice if you index successes in the things you do, do you index them? Do you put them in your file drawer? If you determine, see if you determine what you do by how uh, it will be measured Okay, I did go to college several times and I'm trying to not take my glasses off and on so I can't read. So let me put my glasses back on and see what it says. See if you determine what to do and how to do it by measuring how well it's working in terms of what the people around you define as success. So, I mean, there's cultural definitions for success, and obviously we live in a culture that's kind of oriented towards success. Nobody wants to be a failure, but I think it's more painful to some of you than it is to the rest of us. Some of us might look at failure. Oh, that feels better. Some of us might look at failure as, well, I'm learning. You know, I mean, you get a pie in your face every once in a while, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. You're going to make a few mistakes, but that's okay. You shake it up, you keep moving on. And I think you would like to have that attitude about failure, like you shake it off and you just go on. But I think failure probably bothers you a lot more than it bothers some of the rest of us. I mean, type 1s, it probably bothers them. Type 8s, it probably bothers them. But some of us, you know, I mean, we just recognize that we're not going to make a basket every time. And we're going to take a few layups that get smacked down in our face, and that's just the way it is. Um, notice if you tend to over-focus on what other people define as a success, and then compelled to like accomplish that. And how much does that drive your life? And how much does that drive your energy? How much of your energy is 
tuned in on becoming what other people applaud or becoming what other people admire. And is that always in your best interest? What are you giving up? I can see what you're running toward, success. What are you running away from? Interesting. Observe how you build an identity around your ability to be successful at everything you do. And of course, the question is, is what if you entered into some area of life where you weren't so successful? What if it was you know, tedious and, and mind-numbing, and, but it needs to be done? Um, are you okay in those areas of life? Because a lot of life is like that, right? A lot of life, believe me, I know, a lot of life is not fun, is not exciting, is not necessarily, you don't get any kind of acknowledgement at the end for doing a great job, but it still has to be done. It still has, you have responsibilities you just have to take care of. Is it okay? Are you good at those too? Or do you find yourself being drawn to those areas where things are measured and where they where there's feedback, where there's good, positive feedback. Um, observe how you build an identity around your ability to be successful in everything you do. So that's who I am. I'm that successful person. Um, and you redefine yourself in light of that success. Redefine yourself. Is it easy to redefine yourself? Is it too easy to redefine yourself? Your idea of success tends to be based on your social or work environment. Um, yeah, I would say that's true. Your social or work environment, like how you're being perceived by those people. And probably, again, a little over-focused on them. Um, what would you do if you didn't need that feedback so much? Where would you focus your attention? What would you give your time and energy to? Maybe there's a whole world of things out there that you would love if you could feel more freedom to explore those things. But if you don't get the feedback that you're being successful, then maybe you would never give your attention to those other things out there in life that are there to be enjoyed. Okay, so your idea of success tends to be based on your social or work environment and you structure your goals to fit the standards held by others. So other people think this is great, so that's what I become. Other people think this is deplorable, so I gotta move away from that. And of course, the real question is, is like, yeah, but what do you believe? What do you think? What do you, what are you interested in? What, what are you passionate about? That's the real question is like, do you know? And what if other people object to that? Could you still stay with your own sense of what is valuable and important? You probably tend to work hard and accomplish tasks and meet goals, whether in terms of material possession, status, education, or position and you're very fast paced and produce results efficiently and quickly. Okay, then she says a little bit about avoiding failure. So let's take a second and look at that. Not just that we're trying to become successful and be successful in everything we do, but what is it you hate? What is it that bothers you? What is it that gets under your skin? What is it that you're afraid of? Being perceived as a failure, being a failure, uh, you probably don't know how to describe failure because you've never acknowledged experiencing it. That's interesting. Um, I've absolutely experienced failure in my life where something didn't work out the way I hoped it would or something was much more difficult and I wanted to quit or give up or, or just that whole year of basketball in the fifth grade where I never really got off the bench. They said, Tommy, you should play on the team because you're tall. The only problem is Tommy was a daydreamer, you know, and Tommy did not care if we won. I didn't care. I couldn't care less. 
if we won. I, I wanted the other team to win because I didn't like the people on my team. Can you identify with that at all? Does that, I mean, so if you can't be successful at something, do you quit? Do you give up? Now, I would want to quit because it's boring or because I'm not interested in it or I don't like to run. This is not fun. But what is it that makes you want to quit? If you feel like someone else has the advantage or you feel like you're not getting the feedback that you need or that you feel like the cards are stacked against you or you feel like you're embarrassing yourself in some way. Again, by the way, that's the best comeback you could ever use. And I, oh my goodness, you're embarrassing yourself. Um, you've never acknowledged experiencing I don't believe that. Come on. You you have to acknowledge. <clears throat> you have to acknowledge that you've experienced failure. And is it the end of the world if you fail at something? If you if you try something and it doesn't work out or you're not good at it, can you laugh at yourself? Can you go, "Wow, I really learned a lesson that time. Not good at that." My problem with that is I'm terrible at it. Can can you laugh at yourself? I think you can. I imagine you probably can. Like my problem, my problem when it comes to basketball is I'm not good at it. Bottom line, I don't like it, don't care about it. Um, you've had to experience failure. So I, when she says that, I'm like a little bit thrown back that you don't acknowledge failure? Okay. I mean, maybe you don't want to acknowledge it, but certainly you acknowledge it. If you have experienced failure, you likely consider it, it was just an important learning opportunity, which I kind of talked about that already, but I don't have any like real problems with saying that failed or I failed or that didn't work. And so I learned something. So it's a positive. The real failure is not trying. The real failure is to give up and to quit. Success is trying, even though, you know, Thomas Edison, you try to make a hundred different light bulbs or a thousand different light bulbs and none of them work. They all feel like failures, but eventually, you know, you've learned a thousand ways not to do it. Or maybe you learn how to blow something up. Well, hey, that could be useful. But you just consider it a learning opportunity. All right. A journey towards success. So ultimately, I, it's very important to identify myself as a successful person. And this is just steps along the way into becoming that successful person. You may do everything possible to avoid failure. And again, this could move you out of some spheres of life that you need to stay in. Like, what if you feel like you're not a very successful parent? Do you, do you quit being a parent? What if you feel like you're not very successful, um, you know, being uh, in whatever religious group you're in, you know, whatever church you belong to or whatever. What if you don't feel like you're being very successful at that? Should you quit that? Should you give up on that? What if you're not feeling like you're very successful at it? This could move you out of some spheres of influence that are good for you, that are very productive for you, that you need to stay connected to and you need to stay involved in. But because I'm feeling like I'm not succeeding very well, I can't be in the middle somewhere. I can't be mediocre at this. So I've got to remove myself from it. What is this costing you? It might be costing you more than you think. And that's the whole point of all of this is, is learning to set this personality aside a little bit so it doesn't control us so much. Okay, you may do everything possible to avoid failure because you fear that that will come to define you. You know, when you don't have a good, when you don't have a good definition of yourself, when you don't have a good sense of yourself and your identity, who you are, then you're then subject to 
perhaps thinking that you are your last success or your last failure. Uh, rather than I'm a solid, strong individual that sometimes fails, but that doesn't define me, that last failure is overwhelming because I now identify myself with that failure. And so getting back to a good sense of yourself, and again, I always talk about with threes, the sort of hollowness that can be there when your sin is deceit, always over identifying with the masks you're wearing and losing sight of the person underneath all of those masks. And so your failures define you because it's the last thing that you, you know, you participated in. But your failures are not you and they're certainly not final. Um, and just like the phoenix, you know, that rises from the ashes. And that's probably how you describe it is like the failure, you know, that doesn't define me and I'm going to rise out of it and rise out of the, okay. Um, how about just sin and failure for a while? And just maybe there's a bunch of lessons to learn from it. Like why, why do I need to succeed so much? Why can't I just be and just be comfortable in my own skin? Like I don't fundamentally change just because I wasn't good at that thing or because people didn't acknowledge how good I was or because people maybe even laughed at me or thought I was terrible at it. That doesn't really change who I am. At the end of the day, I go back home to my dog and my wife and they seem to love me okay. What did I really lose? I need other people to think I'm great. I get it. You know, it's a problem of worth and value. And it feels great when people think you're great, but do you need other people to think you're great? Or does it feel good when other people think you're great? Now that, that I'm not a three, so I, I don't understand the dilemma perfectly. I see it as an outsider over here on the other side of the Enneagram, looking at it, trying to understand it and saying, wow, it must be awful. It must be awful to have that sense of like, just being myself is not enough and I have to present something better than what I am. What a burden, what a baggage, what weight that is to, to carry. And then if I don't feel like I did it perfectly, I feel like a failure. And what's the point of me even being here? What's the point of me existing? What's the point of me living? Like I see that from my perspective and I'm like, wow, that feels very heavy. It feels very cumbersome. It feels like it would be hard for me to live my life under that. The Enneagram is painful, y'all. Y'all. Used to live in Kentucky. Kentucky's my original home. Yep. Back in olden times, we'd take a shower for about an hour. Ain't. Everybody was ain't, ain't too. Ain't Vera. Ain't Sharon. Ain't Anna. Then I moved to Florida and I realized, oh, they're my aunts. Ain't. Okay, let's keep going. I'm distracting myself. It will come to define you. You, your need to do and achieve tends to drive your fear of failure and your aversion to failing may make it difficult for you to stop working and experience more peace and more of yourself. Peace, line to nine, right? Four, line or wing to yourself. This could be huge. And your wing two, care about others. And your line to six, be on the team. Use your wonderful ability your, your desire to be successful, bring it over to the team and inspire the rest of us. You know, when you're doing really good, you can relax your need to be the most valuable player and you can come over here and shake me a little bit and say, come on, Tommy, you can do better than this. You should set goals for yourself. You have the, 
you have the ability to be a dynamic part of this team. And I look at you like, really? I'm a seven. I don't really, or I'm a nine. What? And you could inspire the rest of us, but not when you need to beat all of us. When you need to beat all of us, you're never going to look like a six, you know. But when you can let that go a little bit, and you don't need to be the special one, the amazing one, the one with the glowing light around you. When you don't need to be that person, when you can relax that need a little bit, look what you can do for others. When you're more centered in yourself and caring about other people's success and you're okay with just being, you can then join the team and inspire the rest of us to become everything that we never think to aspire to challenging you can be a challenger okay and challenge the rest of us to get off that bench and get out there and make a difference in this world a message the rest of us need to hear we're like oh yeah you're right i've gotten lazy i've accepted status quo i've just become kind of like you know a bump on the log and then thank you you came into my life and you inspired me to try harder and to get up and brush it off and do it again but you can't do that work if you got to be better than me all the time okay this can help you from uh being available this can keep you from being available to nurturing relationships right and that's what it's about right i mean that's what you want at the end of the day what do you want i want to be successful okay but what if you're not successful in the things that matter most i mean like you got this job it's cool it's great it's important is it making a difference in the world? I don't know. You'll have to ask yourself that. Are you doing this because it's a fast track to proving your dynamic? Or is it something you really care about? Let's find something you really care about. Maybe you don't even know. Maybe the thought of that is kind of takes you inward and makes you uncomfortable. Do I really care about this? Or do I care about reaching that next rung in the ladder? If you find something you really care about and you're surrounded by people that love you and that you love, you're already on your way to being a fantastic 30. Make sure you're doing something with your life that matters to you. It just it's it's important and and you're doing it not just to prove to everybody who you are and what you're capable of, but that you're bringing your team with you. Make yourself available to those people. Slow down and feel your emotions and check in with them and love them. Prioritize rest and prioritize relaxation and prioritize community and prioritize hobbies and all these other things. Prioritize your spiritual life. Prioritize all of that stuff too so that you live a balanced life. Because, God forbid, you get to the end of your life like a race car. You get all the way to the end of your life. And you go, wow, I have won every race. And and my, my obvious question to you is, yes, but did you ever get off the racetrack and like just drive around town? You lived your life on a racetrack, and that's got to be exhausting. It's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of determination. And we're all very proud of you. But, you know, cars aren't made to just live on racetracks. Sometimes it's fun to just take your car to the movies or take your car to the beach or take your car to the... Uh, 
to the flea market? Can you take your car to other places that you just enjoy with people that you enjoy and fully be present to life as it is? Because guess what? You're already fantastic. You're watching my channel, so you're already fantastic. You don't need to prove that to anybody. Um, all right. See you guys next time. Be present to life. Take care.